God, we want to continue to praise you and continue to worship you as we celebrate on this uh, Christmas Eve. God, thank you that you brought us here for a purpose, and that purpose is to worship. That purpose is to worship you. And so I pray that in the next few minutes, we'll just continue in that same spirit of lifting up your name and praising you, giving blessing and honor and glory to you, our Lord and our Savior and our King, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining with us for this very, very, very special event. Uh, we've, we've started this year on a journey through the, the book of Matthew, and we're going to be, we're going to be spending uh, the first part of this year in the book of Matthew. And so naturally that takes us to Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus. And so if you have a Bible and you want to read along with me, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 1. going to begin with verse 18 and read down through the end of the chapter. And so you follow along with me if you brought your Bible or if you want to look on the screen, that would be great as well. Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. May God not only bless his word to our lives tonight, but may we resolve in our heart to obey what he shares with us and teaches us through the reading and the preaching of his word today. So we're here together on Christmas Eve 2022. Uh, we plan to celebrate Jesus today as we have been doing. And then we plan to celebrate him again tomorrow on Christmas Day. And we invite you to come back and be with us for another special service tomorrow. Some things in this world are a fact. Uh, for example, unless Jesus comes back... We will not have another Christmas Eve on Saturday or another Christmas Day on Sunday for 11 years. Now, children, if you're 5 years old and under 12 years old, 5 to 12 years old, stand up. I want to see you. If you're between 5 and 12, stand up. Let's give them a big hand. Okay, now, stay standing. Imagine this. Before we have another Christmas Eve on Saturday or Christmas on Sunday, these kids will be driving around on our roads around here in Myrtle Beach. And that is so exciting, isn't it? Okay, y'all can be seated. Thank you for being here tonight, and thank you for the excitement 
and the anticipation of a Christmas Eve that will bring tomorrow, Lord willing, Christmas. That's a sobering thought. In fact, for me to think forward 11 years is a, is a sobering thought, very sobering. But i tell you something else that is even more sobering than that. Jesus is coming back again. Just like he surprised the world and came to this world over 2,000 years ago, he is coming back again. In fact, he promised us in John chapter 14 that if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am there you may be also. Is that not exciting? Jesus came the first time and we celebrate Christmas. We light it up at Christmas time. But he's coming back again. And my prayer tonight as we work through the next few minutes, 10 or 15 minutes, I pray that you will make sure in your heart that you are ready when Jesus comes back again, that you're ready to be with Him and ready to spend an eternity with Him. But regardless of when He returns, according to God's Word, Jesus is the Savior of the world. And also, Jesus is the fulfillment of prophecy. Now, what is prophecy? Well, prophecy is something that God uses to introduce His message to this world. Some of you children that are here tonight, when there's something very important that's going to happen in your life, God uses your parents to tell you about that, to prepare you for that. And God used prophets to bring His message. Prophecy is nothing but a message to God's people from God, a message to the people that God created from Him. And so, Sometimes, sometimes the, the, the message that the prophet brings is very encouraging. I mean, over 450 Old Testament prophecies are fulfilled in Jesus. Did you know that? Some prophecies bring good news. Some prophecies bring sad news. Very sad news. For example, in Matthew chapter 2 that we'll be looking at tomorrow, we won't make it to verse 18. But in Matthew 2.18, we have one of the saddest verses in all the Bible. King Herod had every male child in Bethlehem slaughtered simply because he was jealous that a new king had been born, that Jesus had been born. Over 30 young boys were slaughtered. The prophet had prophesied this in Jeremiah, that there would be reaping uh, by Rachel, who's symbolic of the mother of, of Israel. And sure enough, that prophecy came true. So prophecy is a message that God wants to give you from Himself. So why do we need a message from God? Well, life without God is hopeless. God loves you. And God does not want you to go through life hopeless. In fact, because of Christmas, God brought hope into the world. And I trust and pray that you will go away from here today with hope in your heart because you have Jesus in your heart. In fact, the message of the prophet 
that Jesus would be born and be the Savior of the world is the only real source of hope in the world. And you can have that gift, which would be better than any other gift that the world has to offer, if you will simply receive Jesus Christ as God's gift to you and incorporate Him into your life today. So as we prepare for the rest of this Christmas Eve, getting ready for Christmas, I want us to look at just three things briefly about the message that the prophet brought. What is the significance of the prophet's message? Well, first of all, the prophet's message comes from God himself. It comes from the Lord. We see that in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. God used human voices to reveal his purpose to this world. Just like God is using human voices right now to bring hope to your life and hope to people in the world around our world today. A guy by the name of J. Barton Payne put together an encyclopedia of Bible prophecy. He has 1,800 prophecies which cover over 8,300 verses in the Bible that are messages from God to his people, just like you and me. A Welch preacher by the name of Martin Lloyd-Jones, one of my favorite preachers who goes back to this past century, he lived in the 1900s and preached through the 1900s. Here's what he said. When Jesus became flesh and was born of a woman, he became the supreme example of fulfilled prophecy and the extreme example of God's faithfulness to you and me. God loves you. And through the prophet, he shared his message that he was delivering the perfect example of his message to you, his love for you. The perfect example of his faithfulness for you and me. This is incredibly important to you and me today because Jesus brings us confidence. He brings us comfort. And he brings us joy in a crazy world that we live in. So Matthew started this part of God's story by taking us back to Abraham when God told him that the lineage of Jesus goes all the way back to Abraham. Forty-two generations back from Abraham to Jesus. And then generations later, Mary was able to see that prophecy come true in her own life. So Jesus fulfilled God's plan. And listen to this. There is no plan B. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And so tonight, I want to challenge you to make sure you accept God's gift of Jesus so that you can have hope, so that you can have joy, so that you can have comfort. That word means with the strength of God working in your life. They're not only true prophets, but they're also false prophets. We have smoke alarms in our house. Do y'all have smoke alarms in your house? I hope you do. (laughs) Smoke alarms are really good. Not too long ago, about 2.30 in the morning, we started hearing this chirp in our house. Every 60 seconds, chirp. Chirp, chirp. Uh, 
first I thought it was a bird that had gotten, uh, you know, the, the, the daylight uh, mixed up with the night. And about every 60 seconds, I mean, I was alert enough to count to 60, one and two and three to 60. But I wasn't alert enough to get up. We have seven smoke alarms upstairs in our house. And I did not have sense enough to get up and try to find where that. So the next morning, about six in the morning, I find where the chirp's coming from. And the little latch that holds the battery in the smoke alarm had dropped down. And fortunately, it wasn't a disaster. But I had to push that little latch back up to keep the thing from continuing to chirp. Prophets of God are kind of like a smoke alarm in that they give you a warning that God has a message that you need to hear. And you don't want to miss that message. Now, some people just pull the pillow over their head and, you know, try to block out the noise of the prophet's message that God gives. Don't do that. Listen to the message that God has to share that he loves you enough to send his son Jesus to be the gift that you need for you to spend eternity with him. So God loves you. And he wants to bring hope into your life. And he shares that message through his prophet. Secondly, the prophet's message reveals truth. We see that in verses 22 and 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, here's the message. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, this just, this just blows my mind at the reality of what happened here. Mary is viewed in the Christian world as one of the greatest people who ever lived, right? I mean, God chose her to do something that no woman had ever done before. And that was give birth to a child without knowing a man. This was incredible. I mean, it's impossible according to human standards. Imagine how Mary must have felt when the messenger came to her and told her that she was going to be the one that would fulfill the prophecy that a Savior, a Messiah, would come into the world. And in her womb, that child would come to life and grow to be born in a manger in Bethlehem. Her life and her faith were incredible. Oh, how I pray that I would have that kind of faith. Oh, how I pray that I would be willing to receive whatever God says to me and say, be it unto me as you will, just like Mary said. But a preacher three centuries ago reminds us that there's something more significant than God giving Mary the ability to bear the Christ child. Jonathan Edwards took a passage of scripture from Luke chapter 11. And again, this is, this is what blows my mind. He said that, and I quote, It is more blessed to have Jesus in your heart than in your womb. It is more blessed to have Jesus in the arms of faith and love than in Mary's arms or Mary's breast. Now, where did he get that from? Well, in Luke chapter 11, verses 27 and 28, the Bible says this, As Jesus said these things, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, 
Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast at which you nursed. But Jesus said, listen, this is to you and me now. Jesus said, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Did you hear what Jesus said? You are more blessed than Mary. You have the opportunity to receive the good news of the gift of Jesus Christ. And then take that faith that you have in Jesus. Share it with other people. When you do that, you are more blessed than Mary, the mother of Jesus. Wow. I don't know about you, but that blows my mind. Emmanuel, God with us. He is. He's with us. And the prophet's message reveals that truth. And Jesus intensifies that truth by placing the blessing on you and me. That is incredible. Emmanuel means God with us, the Bible says. Are you aware that God is with you in your best times? I mean, when you anticipate Christmas Day on Christmas Eve and, you know, you're having a great time of anticipation. God's with you then. But are you also aware that God is with you in your worst times? When you're going through grief. When you get a bad diagnosis from the doctor. When someone walks out on you that you've trusted all of your life and they turn their back on you, they walk out. When someone says something about you that's absolutely 100% not true. God is not only with you in your best times, God is with you in your worst times. Emmanuel, God with us. And the Bible tells us also that God is with us all the time. (laughs) When you know Him, when you receive the gift of Jesus, when He's your Savior, He's with you all the time. The Bible says in John chapter 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I'm come that you might have life and have it abundantly. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In the good times, in the bad times, all the time, Emmanuel, God is with us. And because of Jesus, that prophecy has been fulfilled perfectly, 100% perfectly. When you accepted Him as your Savior, and you gave your life to Him, and trusted Him to guide you, from that moment on, He's been with you always. So let me ask you, have you come to that point in your life where you have received the gift of Jesus? You've said, God, I know I'm a sinner and I realize that my sin separates me from you. God, thank you for sacrificing your lifeblood to pay the price for the penalty of my sin. I want to spend the rest of my life knowing that you are with me, Emmanuel.
And also remember, you're just as valuable in the eyes of God as Mary was. Man, I tell you what, I have just exploded over excitement with that idea this week. As important as Mary was, as great a mission as she fulfilled, your mission, your opportunity is even greater than hers. Jesus said, you're more blessed than the mother that I came from her womb and sustained life from early. Wow. Finally, the prophet's message requires obedience. Now, this is where this passage really comes to life. We pass over this one most of the time. In verse 24, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she gave birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Now, so often we pass right over that verse. But are you aware of the fact that when the messenger came to Joseph, giving him these instructions, the greatest blessing for him was when he obeyed what God told him to do. He did immediately what he learned that from his great, 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 42 generations earlier, uh, grandfather Abraham. God told Abraham to leave his home, and Abraham packed up and left. Didn't question God. He packed up and left. Joseph just followed the example of his grandfather. Parents, grandparents, what kind of example are you setting for your children, your grandchildren, great-grandchildren to follow? You know, it's interesting to me that There's not one word in the Bible that is a quote from Joseph. He did not speak one word that's recorded in the Bible. But here's what he did do. He obeyed God. He set an example for every generation to follow. And the prophet's message requires obedience. When an alert sounds... uh, smoke alarm goes off, you have a choice. You can heed to it and respond to it, or you can ignore it. I pray that the message that God has given us at Christmas, that the Savior of the world has come to live among us so that we could be set free from the penalty of our sin. The Savior of the world has come for you, to give His life for you, And the invitation is for you to receive Him, to know Him, to trust Him, and to make all of life about Him. I trust and pray that you will adhere to the message of the prophet on this Christmas Eve 2022. God is calling some people here tonight to hear His voice, to hear the alarm that's gone off, and to heed to it. And let God transform your life and change your life and be your Savior. Or He may be calling some of you to do like Joseph and Mary. And be obedient to Him in carrying the message of the gospel to your family and your neighbors and your friends. You're looking at a beautiful tree behind me. I mean, this tree is a representative of Christmas and all that Christmas means. I mean, there, 
their ornaments on the tree reminding us of Christmas, their lights on the tree reminding us of the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. But I want you to understand tonight that, 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 that Jesus didn't complete his mission by just coming into the world and being born into the world and living even a perfect life. That didn't complete the mission of Jesus. There's another tree on the wall over here. This tree is just as important a part of the mission and the life of Jesus as that tree. If you look at the middle of that tree, you see where Jesus Christ is calling you to come to Him, to repent of your sin and turn away from your sin and accept Him as your Savior, your personal Savior. Mom can't do that for you. Dad can't do that for you. Nobody can do that for you. It's a personal decision. He sacrificed His life on that cross to pay the price for the penalty of your sin. Have you come to know Him? Are you willing to do like Joseph and obey Him? Jesus challenged us that when we come to know Him to make it public and follow Him in believer's baptism. Baptism is a picture that we are dying to ourselves and giving our life to Christ and living a new life in Christ. That we are admitting that we're a sinner and we're allowing our lives to be buried to sin and allowing Christ to raise us from a life of sin to a life of knowing Him and following Him. That cross is just as important at Christmas as that cross. The base of that cross, the foundation of that cross is a command of Jesus to live in His Word, to, to base everything that you do in your life on His Word. The top of the cross reminds us that our life is called by God to be a life that's prayerful, to look up to Him and pray to Him for all of our needs. That side of the cross reminds us that we're to be part of a fellowship of believers called the church, to be nourished and to be strengthened, and to nourish other people and strengthen other people. That part of the cross reminds us that we're challenged by Jesus to go to the world and be a faithful witness for Him. That's what it means for Jesus to complete His mission, to complete His message, the prophecy of the Old Testament prophets and John the Baptist pointed toward Jesus not only coming into the world in a manger, but going to the cross and sacrificing his life. So you also can take the message of salvation that you receive when you receive it and share it with the world around you. Friends, that's why on Christmas Eve... That's why we celebrate communion on Christmas Eve. Communion is coming to a place in our life where we admit the fact that we need Jesus. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. The Bible says, You will call His name Jesus, for He will save His people from their sins. That you tonight... Have you come to that place in your life where you have said, God, I repent of my sin. I want to turn away from my sin and give it to you and let you apply the blood that you shed on Calvary's cross to pay the penalty for my sin. I want to receive that gift. And then after I receive that gift, this is for all of us. 
I want to spend the rest of my life making all of life about Jesus. That's the picture of communion. Jesus came to this world. He lived. He went to the cross. He died for your sin so that you can give your life to him and then share him with the people in your life. God, I thank you for what you've done in our life to provide Christmas for us. And I thank you for the clear message that Christmas is more than just the birth. That the message of Christmas that's carried through the prophets was culminated when Jesus not only gave his life and died on the cross, but then on the third day arose from the grave and gave us victory over everything in life, including death. God, I pray as we celebrate communion tonight that we will commit our life afresh and anew to knowing you and loving you and making life all about you. In Jesus' name, we continue to worship now.